I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. We've all heard those stories of people finding treasures behind the walls or under the floorboards of old San Francisco houses they're remodeling. Chronicle reporter Sarah Feldberg tells a story like that, but it's probably not like any of the others you've heard. It's a story of a woman named Christina Lalonde who found a 100-year-old artifact in her Sunset District home and then embarked on a two-year quest to unravel its mystery. That journey took her across the Atlantic and deep into the history of San Francisco. It's an immigration story, and it's also a love story, a long, strange one. One thing to note, throughout this episode, you'll hear voice actors playing some of the characters from the past. Here's Sarah Feldberg. In 2019, Christina Lalonde and her husband Matt Temmerman were doing seismic retrofitting in their home when the internet cut out one night. Matt went down to the basement to reset the modem. Then he came running back upstairs. He had some kind of treasure behind his back. He told her, no amount of hype will oversell what I found. It was a book. And it's hard to describe, but it didn't seem strange. That's Christina. It really felt like, of course, of course I will get this book. Of course this has all the answers to, uh, you know, the questions that I've been wanting to know. Almost immediately, she understood that the book was a diary, an old one. Pretty much on the first page, I saw the Hans Jorgen Hansen. Hans Hansen was the man who built her home. Christina already knew that from documents she'd found online and around the house. That first page of the diary also had a date, January 1st, 1900. But Christina quickly realized that Hans wasn't the only writer. The book had a different set of handwriting, a series of entries signed Anna. Christina didn't know the extent of it then, but those pages told a love story. It started a century ago and an ocean away, but it ended in San Francisco. For almost two years, Christina studied the words in the diary. She followed their clues across the Atlantic and deep into the history of San Francisco. Finding a diary squirreled away for more than 100 years sounds like a fairy tale, but this one wasn't exactly happily ever after. In all the years I've been in America, I haven't been happy. I've always had something to make life hard for me. And now I'm again sad. Sad because I have again sent you out in the world alone. My whole life has been destroyed, and now I've been away from her again for a long time. And yet her and no other is what my life is all about. Those are voice actors reading passages from the journal written by Anna and Hans. You'll hear them throughout this episode. We don't know exactly how Hans and Anna's love story ends, but we know how it begins, in a small farming village on the coast of Denmark, where a boy named Hans meets a girl named Anna in the 1890s. So when Hans and Anna were both 14, they met in their village. Um, and for Hans, it was love at first sight. We don't know what Anna thinks. But after a couple years of them becoming friends, she then has to leave, emigrate to America with her family. And Hans just pines away for her. Hans writes in his diary that he's determined to become worthy of Anna. He works as a carpenter's apprentice, learning a trade so he can make enough money to marry her someday. He just dreams about her constantly. I mean, literal dreams. He says that he is sleeping, dreaming about her. He's wide awake, dreaming about her. It's all that he thinks about. If she comes here, then I'll say no more because I am too happy to possess this young girl's true love. As soon as Christina opened the diary, she had a problem. The entries were written mostly in Danish, which she doesn't speak. She showed the text to some Danish friends, but they couldn't decipher the archaic cursive. 
So Christina decided to translate it herself. Sitting at her laptop, head swiveling between diary and screen, she typed the passages into Google Translate, letter by letter. And before her eyes, a story began to take shape. Hans dreams of Anna in America, but he can't afford the trip. First, he sails east, to Australia, where he works in the timber industry and writes little in his diary. Does he tell Anna he loves her and is trying to follow? Christina doesn't know. But by the time Hans lands in California in 1904, Anna is married to someone else. Anna must have written Hans saying that, you know, her marriage wasn't going well. And that Hans picks up on this, I assume. Because in the fall of 1905, Hans relocates to Chicago, just a couple of hours from where Anna lives with her husband in St. Joseph, Michigan. Maybe he didn't want to crowd out Anna. Maybe he wanted to play it cool. Like, I'm not, I'm going to come see you, but not like right next to you. But it's clear in the diary. They reconnect. And uh, they begin a correspondence. They're obviously seeing each other, you know, on weekends. Um, and, you know, getting to know each other for the first time, really, since they had left Denmark. Hans doesn't reveal what he hopes the trip might bring, even in his own journal. But we know what he does when he sees Anna again. He gives her his diary. After a break, Hans travels to the Midwest to see Anna, and Christina travels to Denmark in search of history. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. In 1905, Hans travels to Chicago to see Anna for the first time in eight years. And he does something brave or desperate or achingly hopeful. He gives her his diary. At some point, he must have just said, look, I love you. you. You know, here's my diary. If you just read it, you'll know. And, you know, obviously then she is in possession of the diary and she writes in it too. And she tells it him that she loves him as well, even though she's married to somebody else. My heart was able to burst when I thought about what he had always thought of me. But with God's help, we will be together to never divorce, for this is the only goal I have in this life. From October to December of 1905, Anna treats the book as her own. She pours her love for Hans into it in grand, sweeping statements, and she pines for a future when they might live out their romance. Why do we not have the right to always be together? You, my brother, saw how happy these verses have made me. God knows when and where I'll see you again. He and I will someday be happy together, whether we two are separated for the time being. For it will then surely be my death, too. But Anna refuses to consider divorce. And in 1906, Hans leaves Chicago the same way he had arrived alone, with his diary. We don't know the exact timing of his return, but that spring, San Francisco is in ruins. A massive earthquake had struck on April 18th, leveling large swaths of the city and sparking a fire that left half the population homeless. The earthquake had just happened, so being a builder, being a carpenter, obviously he would have had opportunity for a lot of work. Hans builds houses in San Francisco, and in 1910, he starts work on his own. A two-story home in the Sunset District with a bay window overlooking the street and a sand dune next door. A century later, Christina would buy it with her husband. In September of 1910, Hans writes in the journal one last time. Many years have gone since I last wrote in my book, and I have to talk to someone tonight. 
My whole life has been destroyed, and now I've been away from her again for a long time. And yet her and no other is what my life is all about. Anna, Anna, why is everything against me? Three months later, Hans marries someone else. But even as Hans writes those words of desperation, Anna's world is changing. For reasons we may never know, she had finally divorced her husband. And as Hans is building the house he would share with his wife, Anna is starting over. Much of what we know about Hans and Anna doesn't come from the journal. The diary provides the skeleton of a story. But to fill in the connective tissue, Christina dug through census listings and city archives and spent countless hours researching online. In 2019, with the diary and a vague plan, she flew to Denmark by herself. It felt a little silly at first going over, like, what am I doing? (laughs) Am I crazy? (laughs) Um, But... um... I also felt a little bit like I had the Rosetta Stone in my backpack, right? Like, it, it, this was something special if only people knew. Um, I felt like I was being tasked with deciphering this whole story, and it just felt right to be there. Like, of course I'm here. I meant to be here. Somebody's making me be here. I don't know why exactly, but I am. Here I am. She walked the streets where the young couple once strolled, and she flagged down strangers to ask for help. She set up shop in a local cafe with a crew of volunteers, documents spread across the table. The lone photo of Christina from the trip shows her in the city of Odense, holding Hans's diary in front of the very address where he purchased it, 119 years earlier. The address was marked in the book, and the bookstore was no longer there, but I just, I just felt like it was such a cool moment to be able to reunite the book to the place where it was actually purchased. So, I mean, everyone around me had no idea why this was a significant moment, but it was. Why did she go to all this trouble? Most people would have picked up the diary and set it aside as an intriguing relic. They would have seen the foreign script as a curiosity, a mystery, or lots of work. But Christina devoted almost two years to following the diary's breadcrumbs and writing the story of what she found. Why? I have always valued, you know, history. Um, I just think that there is such value in other people's lives and there's so much to learn. And I just felt that viscerally. You know, I lost my parents at a young age and I just know that just because someone's no longer here, it doesn't mean they're not important anymore. Right. Um, And so I just felt that very deeply, like this was my responsibility, because why else did it fall into my hands? After months of research, Christina hit a dead end. Hans had married and had three children, but Anna had vanished into history. Christina kept searching her maiden name in newspaper archives and genealogical records. She came up empty. Then, at 4.31 morning, lying in bed, unable to shake the mystery, Christina picked up her iPad and typed in Anna's married name. And there she was, living in San Francisco. Had she come for Hans? I think she must have come for Hans. There's no other reason. I mean, I know her entire um, family tree. She has no other relatives out here. As far as I know, she has no other friends, period. According to Christina's research, Hans and Anna never married. But archives and historical records don't tell the whole story. They aren't built to capture friendship. Hans eventually divorced, Anna remarried and was widowed. But they might have connected again, late in their lives. Christina found a pair of addresses for Hans and Anna, just blocks apart in the Tenderloin. They were neighbors. Did they know that? Christina believes they did. I think that they were always drawn to each other and maybe couldn't explain how or why. And I just think that they just became each other's family and almost like a romance would have ruined that. And maybe it took till the end of their lives to realize that. She likes to imagine them walking the hills of San Francisco, side by side. Maybe the last thing Hans wrote in his diary 
a glimmer of optimism capping an outpouring of despair, had come true at last. Good night, my beloved friend. You are my everything. Hope disappears. I hope it will rise again. For Fifth and Mission, I'm Sarah Feldberg. Sarah Feldberg is a San Francisco Chronicle reporter and editor. You can read her story about the diary and Christina Lalonde's pursuit of its history at sfchronicle.com slash diary. Christina Lalonde wrote about Hans and Anna in the diary for the Atavis magazine. Her story is headlined Castles in the Sand, and you can find it at atavis.com. Our voice actors were Lena Bausega as Anna and Damon Gasson as Hans. This episode is produced by King Kaufman. Thank you for listening.